I love microdosing. I love microdosing. Yesterday, I needed to go practice my drums and I popped a little microdose gummy and I'll tell you what happened. I drummed for about a good two hours. That's fabulous. Yeah. I was looking at our new roof, hoping that it wasn't going to leak and I got some anxiety about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a gummy just to calm down so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. And I did and I had a great night's sleep and I woke up and there was no leak. I've noticed a change in you for the, a positive change. I like to hear that. Yeah. I feel like your mood is like very centered. I'm sleeping much better. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just that right amount of good. And you can get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com promo code pants. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com promo code pants for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com promo code pants. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, everyone, we are back for welcome back another pants. for the recap, another pants recap of the L word episode five or episode six on Hulu. So the title's name is Lawfully. It was uh, written by Miss Rose Trochet and directed by Mister Dan Minahan, who did. A number of episodes in the first season, and then we never saw him again. Went on to be a very successful director. Yeah, he had a very prolific career following the L word, but he was fun. I really enjoyed working with him. Um, lovely, lovely guy. Yeah, amazing. Okay, so we open in West Hollywood. It's 1976. So and, in real life, I was five. And in real life, I wasn't born yet. Right. So <laughs> as that's happening, there's a large man. Um, pushing a small man against a wall, shoves his face down a, to get a... And, and, and he's getting a blowy, which is a novelty on this show. Doesn't always happen. Well, it happens with dildos. I'm talking doesn't about it? two men. A blowy. Oh, no, I know. Doesn't, no, does not. I'm curious to see <laughs> where this is going to lead, because when I was watching it, I thought, how in the hell is this going to tie in? It does. Um, but I'm just saying. Not something you usually see on the L word. Right. And I just want to say, cinematically, I thought this was beautiful. Like the yeah, colors well, were beautiful. It just felt like an old school indie film. Rose Trochet. The way it was shot. I really loved it. Uh, so he's getting head in the back. And then you go out into the diner and this man pushes the small man out. And he's arresting him because he was an undercover cop who you know, got a blowjob before he arrested the guy. Not very nice. Not a very nice thing to do. He was an, uh, he was playing an under... Well, that's the thing. The cop was technically playing an undercover gay man to arrest this kid, but he didn't have to go that far, which means that he has repressed sexuality. Yeah, I'm just saying it wasn't very kind of him to get a blowjob and then arrest someone for giving you the blowjob. Right, well... 
self-hatred's deep, deep and powerful thing. Ooh, isn't it ever? Okay, so moving on to lighter, lighter things. We're I'm happy to see Lenore back. And I really love how Lenore is in Alice's house breaking things because personally, whenever my mom has come to visit me, she inevitably, inevitably breaks something. And it's always my fault. Like, how do I oh, work this is? bloody coffee maker? Like, I don't, what is this thing? Meanwhile, it's been and working it's- beautifully until she tried to work it and then she breaks it. Um, I don't know. It spoke to me. You know what's funny? When my dad comes here and stays in the guest house, I told him last time, I said, I really like your complaint box, dad, that you (laughs) just split little (laughs) notes in. He's like, you know, the hot water's not working that well. Or, you know, I noticed that the faucet on the da 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 is a little loose. Or the, I'm like, dad. Oh, so your dad's giving you, your, your dad's giving you a honeydew list of things to fix. Whereas my mom, I'll hear downstairs and I'll just hear, I'll, I'll just overhear her say, God damn it. Right. <laughs> then you'll hear, then you hear a clank and then I find, and then she'll come up and, and say, Catherine, I broke, this broke. Yeah. And you're on Amazon already buying the things she broke. Completely. It's terrible. A hundred percent. Okay. But we love, we um, love our parents, but these we are love, still and quirks. And also, Leisha, I'm sorry to say, but. Your eyebrows are gone again. <laughs> oh, Kate, we audibly gasped when we were sitting oh. on my couch. We both went, <gasps> <gasps> because they're gone in a way. I might as well have shaved they them. They look shaved. I know. They look really, really gone. They're skin color. Was that a thing? Was that a thing in 2003 where you had eyebrows matching hair color? No, absolutely not. I don't think it's ever been a thing. I'm not sure. I can't remember why it happens. I'm holding my chest. I'm holding my heart right now. Uh, you are. <laughs> you are. <laughs> my dear, dear, sweet eyebrows. I don't know why they were getting bleached that hardcore. I don't either. Again, it was my first time on television. What did I know? I, so, am in, I am enjoying this game of find Alice's eyebrows every episode. Sometimes you find them a little easier. Other times you don't. It's, it's my quiet game that I Right, but playing. I think I this takes episode five slash six takes the cake. When I'm standing Correct. in front of the chart with my little pigtails. By the way, finding out that you made out with my mother. Let's start there. Listen, listen. I'm like, you don't use this honor. as a... It would be an honor to make out with Ann Archer. I know. You really didn't actually get to do that, did you? Just I know. Talked no, about. It was all. Poor thing. I know. What a bummer. With their big red lips. Mm. You guys, but it would have been like a big red lip match. <laughs> so well, I go to a race. I go to a race for line. And what I thought was funny is on the chart, you could tell that we had done a million takes because the line that you could tell it had been erased so many times, the dry erase board, but it wasn't quite coming off. Did you notice that? Just something I noticed. I'm glad you mentioned it because I noticed that it was really hard to get the ink off the dry erase board. And that's the point of a dry erase board is that it just comes off in a swoop. Right. This was a a more of a permanent set decking situation. So like to use it haphazardly like that wasn't really working out. Anyway, you, you kiss my mother. I'm horrified. And when we get to see Bet and Tina... We finally get JB's beautiful arms in a tank top. Sorry to objectify her in a tank top, but she looks magical in a tank top. What do I say every year to Jennifer? Tank tops and wear your hair down. You say it every year. Jennifer, please wear tank tops and wear your hair down. 
Yep. She goes, oh, ha, ha, ha. No, no, no. I'm like, it's you don't funny. understand the effect it has. Yeah, You're, it does. It, it's just, it's, she's so iconic in this look as Beth. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite look. I always crave it. I understand yeah. she has a lot of different looks, but this is my personal favorite. So here it is in all its glory. Well, white it's a very effective look. That's why. Yes. Um, here's what's interesting. This is what really stuck out to me is that Bet and Tina are talking about what they're going to name their kid. They're really playing the name game, right? Two things here. Number one, I know Tina's pregnant, but the way they've kind of written it, it feels, it felt to me like Tina's suddenly six months pregnant. Like she's wearing the dorky slippers and she's laying down. And, you know, I just was like, what's this rushed pregnancy? But more importantly, they're talking, they're playing the name game and they're saying, well, how, how about we combine the names? And that famous line, portard. Right. What do you, and And then I said, I don't think that's going to be great in 2015. and boy, did that age us even more than time itself. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I don't even remember 2015. My jaw quietly dropped a little bit when she said that year. Yeah. Well, she was looking into the future and now it's way, way, way in the past. And we're way past that future. It hurts. Okay. So the big point of the scene besides naming their child was the fact that Bet's dad is in town. You can tell that this has been a little bit of an ish for these guys, you know, like yeah, dad's here and dad doesn't uh, accept my gayness or you or anything about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Pull it, oh, was this where it? Okay, let me talk about this. This is this. What? I didn't understand this part. I found Bet to be a little shitty to Tina when Tina was laying in bed and she's like, are you going to wear that? You're not going to wear that, are you? And can you pull it together? And it's my dad. And and I get that Bet is stressed out, but it just felt like. And wasn't Tina um, just having morning sickness? Yeah. It's like in the middle of the day, she has like cute little sundress on. She's not feeling that's great. She has but the, Bet was that's like, where she has pull like the... it together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's pull it together. And I was like, oof. I didn't remember yeah, well, Bet speaking to Tina like that. Well, that's Bet. Yeah. How did you feel about it? Didn't you think it was a little harsh? That was a little harsh. Yeah, I think maybe I spaced out a little bit, to be honest. I was more looking at why is Tina acting like she's six months pregnant when she's maybe three oh, you weeks. Were more like, on that. I was okay. kind of, and I was like, why, why, why the slippers and like, you know, the house dress suddenly? Right. Like, what is this? You know, she wasn't just giving right. bed rest. Um, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> you don't know. I, but, yeah. Well, we would have known because we would have seen the good doctor with the soothing voice telling Tina she needed to lay down and, you know, lay rest. down for a while. But you're absolutely right, Leisha. And um, if I got anything out of that scene was that there clearly is some uh, deep unsettling history with the father. And that's interesting because we don't know much about these characters' families. We know your mother and that's it at this point. Mm-hmm. We don't know where they come from. Where right. anyone comes from. So well, it's only episode five. So thank God the show kept going. Oof, but I do think truly. that Bet takes on that stress. Like whenever, and it still happens when something horrible happens to Bet, it it goes outward. Mm-hmm. She takes her anger or her upset or her depression mm-hmm. and she points it outward. Yeah. Even to the last season when she's like, Angie, let's go scream. Like, I think she just has to get it out. And I just think poor Tina was in the way that day. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. so then we're back at the country club with our favorite couple, Dana and Laura. I'm going to say something about Aaron Daniels, and it, and it hit me when I was watching it, is that Aaron Daniels herself is one of the most sophisticated and intelligent and self-possessed and like cultured women I've ever known, right? Like, you yeah, know that from the moment sure. you meet her. My God, like, and it just goes to show how great Aaron is in this role because she plays a goof so well. She plays a naive, innocent babe in the woods. Beautifully. Uh-huh. Goober. Beautifully. And she does. to know Aaron is to know that she is nothing like Dana whatsoever. And it struck me watching on Friday. I really, you know what I was feeling watching Aaron was like, I can't believe they, they killed, killed Dana. Off in 10 episodes. Like, I was episodes. like, because now yeah. I'm, I've known this experience because I've lived through it, but like rewatching the show, knowing it's coming is so different. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck was that decision? And why? Truly, why? I mean, I know why. I because don't. I, I lean so, because she wanted to show, because there's always such a pretty bow in television that bad things happen in life and they happen to people you love and you have to. And so she wanted to really pack a punch and tell that story. But why, but why in 10 episodes? Why did we have to do that in 10 episodes? That could have been a storyline that went for two or the three whole seasons. Series. I know. Or the whole series even. Why 10? Just so you can have a pretty bow at the end of t- at, at season three? That I don't know. I don't know. But That's we a, know she regrets that, it. Eileen regrets it. Yeah, respect that she admitted that. Um, that always that always stuck in my craw. I was never. And happy isn't with that. it true that it was supposed to be Tina? Tina was the first pitch was, in the writers' room it, as the one who yeah, I, died of cancer. I believe it was it was between the two. That's a tidbit. I don't know if people knew. Well, now they do. Now they do. I know that there's. Um, I, I, I'm going to be perfectly honest in this scene. I was all I heard was the word Subaru because I was so distracted by. Her agent's glasses. I know they were. I, was like, I can't get past he, these fucking glasses. They're I don't worse know what than Ben's red square glasses. I know, hands down. So I. So if you know what happens in this scene, I give you the floor. I don't remember. I, I do. He was treating Laura like shit and like dismissing her and like ooh, and you're going to ruin my client's career. I need to get rid of you. You're not invited to the party. You don't know that yet, but it just was. I don't know. Watching that closeted storyline is so upsetting to me also. I just want to jump yeah. through the screen and grab the guy's neck. Like, yeah. It's, it like disgusts me on a like cellular level. And he wanted her to be, and, and she was up for the Subaru contract and that was the party they were going to. And that's why she, he wanted her to, you know. To bring Harrison, her beard. To bring Harrison, exactly. He's like, they the, expect to, you to, to show to, up together. He's your partner's partner. What do you call it? Your tennis partner. Your, yeah, right. it's just, okay. but, you know, we know the point of the whole thing was you're not going to come out as doubles partner. Thank you, Melissa. You're not going to come mm-hmm. out as gay. So keep it in the closet, honey, was the vibe. Gross. Okay. When we get to All right, the now planet, we're at the planet. Um, yeah. You and I, for you, you and I are like two baby Muppets. Still, it's, we haven't, we haven't (laughs) aged yet. We're still very young. (laughs) I'm just looking at us with our, with our little baby It's like I look at us and I'm like, is that, oh, that's us. 
Huh. Can I wait? That's how I feel. I'm like, is it? This is how I feel. I don't feel like I'm even watching myself watching this. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. I look at it like, is that me? Who are these little baby Muppets? They look vaguely familiar to me. Was that (laughs) who we were? That's how removed I am. Right. Because it's not what I see when I look in the mirror at all. So it looks like like I'm watching. Here's a funny story. A friend mm. of a friend uh, told <laughs> told my girlfriend, like, I started watching the, the, the L word after, you know, you guys got together. And I was like watching it. This is last season. She's like, I was watching. It, I was like, oh, my God. How did they find a girl that looked so much like young, like a young Misha? <laughs> like, that's crazy. <laughs> Like she, no. her mind was blown that they cast it so well. And then it turns out she was accidentally watching the original show. But that's how much she didn't even think I look like me. Wow. But I look wow. like me. Played by someone else. Alicia, if you had your eyebrows, she wouldn't have. Yeah, it could then, have all it been, wouldn't have been that. <laughs> we, she, It's the eyebrows. It's the eyebrows. It probably um, is. Okay, so this is a big deal. So we talk about, you and I go over, yeah, what? Alice is, is is so beside herself that Shane actually slept with. You didn't her sleep mother. together. You didn't sleep together. Oh, we made. They made out. You made, made out. out. Yeah, calm down. Yeah, don't make me really I like, upset. I respect how Shane doesn't find any problem with this. You were laughing, which I thought was very cute. A very cute choice. You were like, "Calm down. What's wrong with you?" Yeah, because she was like, "She's a beautiful woman. Like, you know, let her have some fun." Sorry, exactly. Me, but that's what happened. Um, right, she's alive and well and beautiful and yeah. So and then I'm like, I can't the, be gay again. And then okay, so all of a sudden you have this is big. We need to really dive into this one. Well, this is two guys. Well, anyway, well two guys are like staring off uh, the other side of the at the cafe, and then one of them comes over, and I believe it's again we get a little bit of shame. No, 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 don't skip over what I want to talk about. Why? What I want to talk about is these two older men staring over towards us, and I notice. Uh, and yes. I say, yes. there's these two guys looking at us and you go, oh, that's so-and-so. He he thinks I'm a dude. And you Very and I, Sam Chuck. we don't skip a beat. <laughs> this is what made me laugh. We don't skip a beat, Kate. What I was do you just mean? Like, oh, okay. Anyway, so like if that happened in real life and you're like, oh, the, these two guys are looking at me, they, he thinks I'm a oh, dude. We, we, like, we would, we would talk about, about it for like 25 minutes. Exactly. What do you mean he thinks you're a dude? What? Like it would be a conversation. And you and I were just yeah. like, I, I don't even think I responded much at all. No, you didn't. And you're like, anyway, I'm going to go get some, go play some pool. Yeah. Or I'm like, okay, cool. So we That's just true. Go about That's our so day. true. It's so true. Okay. Um, I guess I knew that that happened to you or something. I believe that guy's name is, uh, the character's name is Harry uh, Sam Chuck. And yeah, I think you, I think it's alluded to the fact that, yes, you know about the, uh, Shane's past. So we don't need to discuss it for 25 minutes. Although it's right Come in your on. face, you would have that conversation. I agree. Yeah. It's a bit of an odd story, but okay. And then, uh, and then we meet Clive. And this is a little a tidbit of uh, Shane's history. Clive is an old friend of uh, Shane's that, used to work the boulevard next to Shane. Right. So you were a twink, as they say. So you were, you were. A, what is a twink? A twink, I believe, is a very young looking gay guy. Young, okay. innocent looking gay guy. I think. I mean, I. And that's right. Up, and but... Shane, and Shane was able to like 
full like she had to make that. money so she was she was like you know what people believe i'm a guy i'm gonna go with it i'll you know i'll give them so hand jobs can we and talk shit, about some this is such a major storyline in your mm-hmm. past what yeah, how do you feel about this or how did you feel about it at the time i don't remember how i felt about it at the time i guess i can understand the dark past and the sort of like street smart i raised myself sort of uh, uh, backstory that this person would have. I always found it a little removed from reality that if she could pass as a guy so easily. I mean, look at her. Like, yeah, like, you know, like I've always been called androgynous as, as you know, my entire life and certainly that character is, but as a guy, I don't know, you know, it was a little... A little extreme. Do we go really into this past? Should I not even be bringing yeah, it up Yeah, a little yet? bit. Okay, no, so we it gets kind of heavy. But, no, but, no, but like this is it. Like this is like the beginning of it. I think it hap- more happens in the next one, but... But it's not a secret. I know. I really like the guy who played Clive. I can't remember his name, but um, yeah. we used to skateboard together out in the uh, parking lot. He used to teach me how to do tricks. Anyway, oh, wow. I love that. I love that guy. I wish I can remember his name. And we look like siblings. I was like, we could have played brother yeah, and sister. Yeah, you could be siblings. Definitely. Okay, so we'll go but we'll go more into your prostitution ring later. <laughs> yeah. Let's like okay, see what cool. happens further down the line. But basically you're like the character, you're out and he's still in and you're like having to like be nice to him. Yeah, right now it's about the dynamic with Clive and Clive wants to stay with Shane and Shane's like, this is the best. Shane's like, I have four roommates in a one bedroom. Remember that? That was the best. That was amazing. Oh, that we died. That was another moment in one bedroom. Could you imagine? Who are they? Uh, exactly. Who are they? And do you guys have bunk beds? Maybe. Aren't you a successful hairdresser? No, she's not successful right now. You're not? You seem like you are a little bit. Okay. My memory is just all out of whack here. Matthew Curry Holmes played Clive. Really sweet guy. Shane is like the Drake song. We started at the bottom. Now we're here. She started at the okay. bottom. And and here we are present time. And she has more money than God to toss around in an outlandish way. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, you're flying private now. Ladies, we can all bond over this one. Imagine a bra that you actually want to wear. They're hard to find. We all know it. We've been through how many bra many. brands? Ugh. And you're like, I like this about it, but not this, or they're just uncomfortable. Well, today's sponsor, Honey Love, has revolutionized the bra game. It's real. Say goodbye to underwire and bulky fabrics that trap heat. Honey Love's bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. It's cool. It's like these little, I can't even describe it, like these little bone things and it's like, I don't know how they do it, but it's brilliant. Plus, they've made fabric that's so soft, it feels like second skin. So you immediately feel and see the difference. So it's next level comfortable. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off, honeylove.com slash pants. Now, after you purchase, they ask you where you heard about them. Please, please support our show and tell them pants sent you. Honeylove.com slash pants. Treat yourself to honey love because you deserve it. Okay, so we're at the CU. Um, the whole swim team gets on the bus. There's still that one girl who always flirts with Tim. And Tim has forgotten his lucky stopwatch, which is going right. to change the trajectory of, of his the immediate entire future. series. Yes. 
So I was like, oh, he forgot his watch. And it hadn't occurred to me yet until another moment we had on the couch together. We're back at, oh, I need to talk about this. I need to say, I need to talk about something. Okay. I need to talk about something. Who goes first? I do. I want to talk about Marina and Jenny. I want to talk about Marina giving Jenny notes. Did Marina learn this technique at her, at her reading club? Since when is she the one who can She's like a teacher all of a sudden. Exactly. And Jenny's really taking it like, oh, I'm getting some, some, you know, really deep insight. This is Jenny. You need to work on this better. You need to, you know, you can't just read the first idea and expect, you know, it's like stuff like that. Jenny's looking at her like, wow, you're so right. As if like, that's not like rule 101 in a writing class. Like even wouldn't Julian Sands? Wouldn't Julian Sands tell her that in like right? Two even Tim has given better constructive criticism. <sighs> anyway, okay. No, go anyway. Ahead. You're very enthusiastic. What's your what? What is it? Okay, here's what it is. Get ready. Mm-hmm. In that scene, they're wearing something, which is a very normal situation. Just like sweatpants and a t-shirt, and maybe like a something Marina had on at the planet. When Tim comes home to get his so-called stopwatch where you and I gasped. We were like, because <gasps> I forgot mm-hmm. all about this. When he walks mm-hmm. in on them, where Marina is going down on Jenny, mm-hmm. the two of them look like in the last 30 minutes, they got in the car, they ran to Victoria's Secret. They got some <laughs> black, almost <laughs> touching on bondage wear, <laughs> lacy black <laughs> lingerie sets, matching, came back, put it on and then got to business right before he walked in with the stopwatch. And I'm going to say, I don't Ugh. think that that's what they were really wearing under those outfits in the scene prior. Um, You're probably right. What I really liked about Tim coming into Jenny's uh, or catching Jenny and Marina in the act is the dead silence for the entire scene. There's no dialogue. Yeah, it was great. No one's trying to fill the room with any sort of noise. And Marina stands up. And this was ballsy. She turns around, calmly stands up, picks up her shirt. Tim's just standing there like his mouth hanging open. And yeah. she turns around and she's basically just staring him down as she's buttoning her pants and getting dressed. I know. And, and, and then we just just like, by him. Mia's yeah, horrified. Mar- 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 Jenny's petrified. horrified. But it's so well directed because and the, the way she Dan, puts her tights back on without saying anything. All of it. Nobody says a but line like nothing. I can't believe you or what's going on here or anything cheesy. Nothing like that nothing is said. To it's say. just all there's, silence. In that, in that circumstance, there's really nothing to say. And credit to Rose Roche and Dan Menahan for trusting that that would trusting be enough. Trusting the silence. I know. Because it spoke more volumes and had more power than any dialogue would have had. Um, yeah. Then he picks up. He picks up her script. It says something like the 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 demon that tempts me, and he throws it in, not her face, but basically back at her, and leaves. Right. And this is. Did you notice that Kit? Sorry, I'm going to jump uh, jump to the next thing. Did you notice that Kit walked through the front door? I did. So that doesn't count. Yeah, Kate came in the proper part of the house. Okay, so we're back at Bet and Tina's. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Tina had picked an outfit to wear. She had changed. I think this is where I feel like they were. She was playing it, or they were. They were 
everyone was kind of doing it like uh, like she was six months pregnant. I think it was actually in this scene. Maybe they did jump ahead. Who? How are we supposed to know? This could well, be months not, later. I don't think she's showing. I don't think she's showing. I can't. I don't track know how pregnancy time on works. This. Anyway, I'll be honest. I was so tripped out over the scene with Marina and um, Tim and Jenny that I was uh, I wasn't fully paying attention to what Bet was bitching about. Bet's, Sorry, Bet's just walking around bitching about a lot of things because she's so stressed out. She's, she's nervous. Like, that I didn't know. She was nervous she's, about her she's father very and so much anticipation. about a lot of things. Having and she's taking it all out on Tina. She's not happy with what she's wearing. Yeah. Um, do, are well, you going to wear that? You should take dad, the tags well, off. Well, clearly, her dad. I mean, this is signifying that her father. She really seeks her father's approval. It's really important. I mean, to her. It, the and, whole story is that. Yeah, you skipped over something important, which was when Kit showed what? up. She brought Tina some vitamins. Yeah. for her pregnancy and uh-huh. Tina which this is where I was like what she would know that they don't have a good relationship she's like oh I'm going out to dinner with your dad you know your dad uh-huh. and Kit is like destroyed she's like my dad's in town you know because they haven't spoken in what 13 years or something and then mm-hmm. Tina is just like yeah why what huh huh yeah she's going out for dinner it was all very. Like, yeah, you're right. Why would Tina? Y- Tina you're would right, know. You're right. You're right. Anyway, this that is was... another thing that pisses Bet off in the scene you were about to that you were talking about. Kit also says that she received. Um, she was writing a letter to her son. Am I correct? David. Yes. David. Because in the previous episode, she had received a letter from him. I mean, I know Tina's pregnant and that's her priority, but have a little respect for your sister-in-law. Don't act like you don't know what's going on. Right. Or and when I th- or they just forgot to realize that Tina must know that this would hurt Kit. Anyway, when Kit when Bet wakes Tina up, it's more, you know, why are you wearing that? Take the tags off. Oh my and then she's like, a missed call from Kit. Oh, was Kit here? She did you didn't tell her, did you? Yes, I did. Is that a big deal? And then Beth's just like popping off. She's she's done with Tina today. And she's it's all about mm-hmm. her dad. And when we meet her dad, it is Mr. Ozzie Davis. I another guest star that I don't know how we we got. What an honor. I mean Seriously. Unbelievable. I didn't realize he was in the first season. I know he was in second season. I I remember that, but I never knew that he was in this season. And what a regal, sophisticated, elegant man. Ugh. Perfectly Doesn't get more elegant. My goodness. We see Ozzy. His name is, uh, well, his name is Melvin, the dad. His name is Melvin Melvin. Porter. So they pick him up at at his hotel and Tina instantly gets in the back and you can Mm -hmm. sense that he's very polite. He always calls her Mrs. Kennard and is, you know, very much a gentleman. But you can sense that he has zero interest in her and what she represents in his daughter's life. It's denial. It's, I know you're in her life, but I'm going to pretend you're not. So I'm going to, I'm not, I'm going to treat you like you're a work friend the whole time. It's so disrespectful. I'm not here to see you. I'm here to see my daughter. That's the thing. I'm not here to see you. I'm here to see my daughter. Lovely to see you. Yes. Move along. I want to talk to my daughter. Can you imagine 
If I had a family member like that, I they would not be in my life. Like you can sense it in the car. I know. And Tina rolls with it. She's like, well, this is Melvin. Bet, you know, is feeling it. And there's not a lot of dialogue, but it just, it, it just sets up the dynamic. So you know what dinner is going to be like, which is not terribly pleasant. Let's face it. It's a terrible dinner. They have the waiter keep in, interrupting, which was... Which is the fucking worst. I was like, okay, guy, take a hint. This is a very, like, this table's on fire. Give it a minute. But he really wanted to tell them about the specials. So we're back at the parking lot where the swim team is lost. The bus is parked. Jenny comes out, (laughs) like, of the dark. Super spazzy, like, forget Tim, please forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. I mean, what can she even say in her defense? She's just say? like, listen, I know she's trying to make sure he's not going to leave her. And what I'm, and what I'm saying is, meltdown. and what I'm saying is, what in the world are you going to say as a defense? There is nothing. There's nothing. This you is can what do. I loved about the writing of this part of it, because you have two people that are slowly realizing to the end of the episode from this point, from like this parking lot scene to the end. They don't know it yet, but they're going to slowly realize they're forcing themselves to mend a situation that they don't even want. Mm -hmm. So Jenny's just like probably so guilt ridden. She's also like Tim is the only person of stability in my life. And without him, God knows what I'm going to become. Uh, I still think I'm maybe straight, but I'm not, you know, and then Tim is like, this is a girl I've always planned on marrying. This is who I'm engaged to. This is my plan. This is my future wife. This is the person I love. And I just caught her doing this thing. But no, but this this old idea of what I thought we were is still in my head eating me alive. So for the next 30 minutes, we spend with Tim and Jenny trying to make a false reality together, which I thought was great. I loved Eric in the scene because everything was super calm. He's so angry that he actually doesn't have, he is in shock. So he doesn't even have an emotion because he can't like wrap his head around it. And when she comes, the best, my favorite line in the, in this entire parking lot scene is she's saying something. She's trying to justify it or defend herself. I don't remember what she was saying. And he says, you went from not talking to letting her eat you out. I was like, Ellie said, eat you out. I used to say that in high school. It was a real throwback for me. And then Tim, you know, he gets impulsive and he says, he says, get in the car. And he, and he says, get in the car, which I can understand, which is what I, which I can understand because how else are you going to get out of this fucking scene? But I'm just saying as a filmmaker, like you got to get or a writer, you got to get out of the scene. You could be in this parking lot for the next, you know, three hours, like get in the car, get out of the scene to get to the next mm. beat and your journey of how this is going to unravel. So then we're at Dana's house. I think it's Dana's house, correct? And she lives in a multi-story <laughs> how condo afford, of some like, sort. It looks like a, like a two, three-story condo. She's doing well, but I just like the artwork was crazy. The staircase was crazy. I was like, what? This can't be her house. It has to be her Nana's house. And like, oh no, it's her house. Dana looks like she's going to prom. Well, it's an event. We all kind of do that for events sometimes, accidentally. I know. I was waiting for her prom date to show up with the corsage. Well, she did. She wasn't invited. I know Har- I know Harrison's her beard. I love Harrison. I, think I love that I'm character. I'm obsessed but... with that character. I wish he was in every season. And I really felt for Lara 
that, you know, she shows up assuming it. But then at the same time, I thought, mm, was that a bit presumptuous of her to assume she was going? Well, I mean, I, yeah, you're right. Again, it's that thing where no one's talking. I would have asked at the court, do you want me to go with you? Or first of all, I would have like read the room and I would have seen how Dana's feeling. And then I would have asked and wouldn't have just shown up with my dry cleaning saying, I'm going to get ready over here. I know it was it was a bit much, but they had to set up that, you know, basically Laura is dating a closeted person. And this is what it what it the outcome of that. It's not fun for anybody. Yeah. They talk about that later, but basically, yeah, she felt stupid that she assumed and she should have because never assume. Makes an ass okay. out of you and me. Yeah. So we're back at the planet. Jenny and Tim decide, oh, the where they drove. Mm-hmm. What Tim did say is like, Tim said, get in the car. You're wondering where the hell is he going to take her? Well, he decides to take her to the planet so he can right. watch Jenny in front of him say she never wants to see Marina again. Right. That's a, sorry. That was a lot of toxic masculinity. I wasn't into that. It's like Tim. Like, sorry. sorry. Yeah. And like, sit down, Tim. You're this making a fool of yourself. Me. You look like an asshole, Tim. Like, just deal with it. Yep, I'm with you, Kate. I'm with you on that one. Jenny doesn't like fucking you. Sorry, she found someone she enjoys sleeping with more. And you're missing the whole thing because you're in the back room playing pool. And this is where, um, well, first of all, did Shane do Pink's hair? Is that what the line is? He did Pink's hair? No, I thought it was someone else. I thought it was Alanis. Anyway, she did somebody's, she did someone's hair. I guess she doesn't get paid that much. It must be a day rate. But this is where You would we think Alanis could pay you a little bit more than the average person. Well, not if like, she was you know, doing well at that just, point. I don't think Shane's day rate is terribly high at this point in her career. I wonder what it was. What do you think it was? I don't know what a day right is now. In Los Angeles, know. a haircut can run $200. No, no, no. But if no, you no, were to no, go to like a, a famous hairdresser, uh, you're a junior Melissa hairstylist. Says, Melissa says, I was a junior hairstylist. How do you know, Melissa? How does Melissa know that Shane was a junior hairstylist? I She's really know. looked into it. It's in the next episode. Oh. Okay, we'll get so into that. So meaning um, you were basically but, someone's assistant. That's what that means. Well, that's, that's what how happens further down Right. But that's how we see like later on and like in the season when uh, other characters come in, we see her at the salon working and she is an assistant. But can I say something that's funny? When you and I both tested for Shane, the audition scene was Shane coming into her own salon and like reading all your employees. Yeah. That you weren't happy with something. I remember that. Which which I, I don't remember the deep. You're right. I don't remember the details of that of that audition piece. But looking back. It's so not the character. No, I know, but that's what's funny. Meanwhile, you're just... But this is where we find out that Clive and Shane, um, because Shane's in the back playing pool and Clive is like, I'm desperate, I need a place to stay. And this is where we find out that they work the streets together and Shane's dark and foreboding past. That's where we get the a bit of a backstory about her. Um, and, you know, good for Shane. She's like, you know what? I'm like, I'm stepping away from that part of my life. Um, I'm trying to, you know... <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm on like, I'm on a good streak right now. I'm not now. selling this is what it I anymore. Do. I'm not sell, Yeah. And, uh, and I'm not. People want this for free for, now. Exactly. I just, you know, you, you just like, it's right. rough. It's rough when you see, um, you know, like your past is like coming back to reflect, you know, who you are and where you came from. And that's what Clive, in my opinion, represents. And I'm just saying that as I watch this from a blind point of view, um, and outside the planet, 
Right. You wanted to leave it behind. And he's like, no, I'm still here. Okay. Yeah. Then we're, we're back at my apartment and my brother Nelson honks the horn. Kate. You have a brother named Nelson? I had no idea I what? had a brother to this day. You have a brother named Nelson? Yes. The fuck? I was like, what? Why have I never met him, talked about him since this scene? I think that's the last time we ever heard about him. But obviously, he lives in town. <laughs> what the fuck? I know Dana has a brother. I know, and we meet him. I had no idea to like this season. Wow. I had no idea I had a brother and a sister. And Alice <laughs> I guess also I have has a sister. sister. What's going on? News to we me. Never... I don't know. I'd love to meet them. I have, now I'm going to talk to Marsha about this. Did you know I had siblings? Because I didn't. <laughs> Alice seems like an only child. I know fully because nobody else is helping take care of this. You know what? I, I wouldn't have. change the trajectory of Alice's history and family dynamics just because of episode six or five or whatever the hell this thing is called. I'm not. I'm just saying in it's a one. reality in this character's life. It's kind of funny. I'd love to meet. That I'd got, love to meet my sister. <laughs> I want to meet her. Well, I mean, if it got brought up, hey, if we again, keep going, if we keep going, we have years. Okay. Anyway, I try to make her feel really good. I take your advice and I'm like, basically, you still got it, mom. And then she's, she's like, well, Shane, you know, it's never going to happen. I tell her, I tell my mom she's wild and she loves it. And then she says, tell Shane, it's not going to work out. I really take my friend's advice to heart. When someone tells me to do something, I go right home and do it. <laughs> It's pretty cute. Tim is on the highway. Tahoe apparently is only 23 miles away. More importantly, we're going to the dinner with um, Mr. Ozzy Davis. You're right. Bet and Tina. That is more important. Um, This is is where Tina, this is where he's calling Tina Miss Kennard. And he's so harsh, but. But so, but the way he's presenting it is calm and matter of fact and unemotional, very polite. And she, you know, says, you know, dad, we're going to have a baby. And he just cannot see it. He just, and he will not be swayed. He is that generation that like my mother will not be swayed of an opinion that he has. Well, he doesn't understand it. Number one how they do that and he doesn't but he's understand like he's like how is this child going to be mine he's like are you just be-? and they're like well we know we have this african-american donor and he was like oh so i'm supposed to feel connected like i know this, a, a really well like, written scene so well written but like you know he's just coming at it from this very like pragmatic place and the man is not going to change his mind and it's killing bet killing it because she and, can pound and, and killing tina and- both of them Oh, Tina's Tina died in the car. Like she died in the well, back she, seat. Yeah, but she she excuses herself from the dinner table, and he's like, yes. oh, like okay, great." He's like totally fine. Thank with God. It. It's yeah, like she's a ghost. It's so disgusting. I felt Ugh. so bad for the two of them in that scene. Yeah, I felt bad for Bet. This is where I I did yeah. feel bad for Bet. You see the child in Bet. The approval definitely she always seeks that never she's never uh received um and then we get to tim and jenny and he drives her out to fucking tahoe and where are they going but a, a wedding chapel by the they way it's a really long drive tahoe right? is not it's that a close long drive it's like a six or seven hour drive it's like seven to eight yes 
it's long. It's not something you're just like, get in the car. Let's go do this quickly. That's a lot of hours to be like, so that happened. <laughs> Remember when I walked in on you guys? Yeah. So how'd that happen? Or how, where'd that start? You know, it's like eight hours of conversation. But it gives you the vibe that they just show up and they're like, quick, it's a quick, you know, shotgun wedding. Yeah. Well, also, people might not know, like, the distance between L.A. and Tahoe. That's what I'm saying. They shouldn't have said Tahoe. It should have been, like, North Hollywood. Vegas. It should have said Vegas. Vegas is even too far. Like, it's like... Vegas is closer than Tahoe. That You can get married in the valley. There's little chapels. You know, it's like... I just think the speed in which we were supposed to feel that... Mm. ruined got ruined by the tahoe sign did you notice that in this scene when they are at the chapel this is the beginning of jenny's crazy outfits because they get progressively more insane i didn't know is this the birth of the this is the birth of the riptides and the crazy outfits okay i noticed it in the parking lot when she was like tim no tim there was weren't there riptides Mm -hmm. there Riptides, and then she's wearing his oversized um, coach jacket. But yeah, we'll see the evolution. I of liked the... that choice. I thought that was good because you're like, you know, deep down, this is not what Jenny wants. Yeah. So, like, the coach jacket made it. It was just mm-hmm. a nice visual of like, oh, this this life, this like heteronormative life is like in, like enveloping you. Like the coat mm-hmm. is just like all the straightness. And coachness, mm-hmm. you know, it's not what she wants. Um, um and then, then they, they go home, to and I was well. No, they go to well, kiss. Remember, they're at okay. the they're at the uh, they're at the altar, and they go to kiss. And you said it. You're like, this is the worst kiss I've ever seen. Well, because I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it. You know, it was two terrible. people that don't really love each other. Then we go to then we go to um, they go back to a hotel room. And Jenny jumps frantically like a little kid up and down on the bed. They pour I like, some champagne. I, I like that. I like that choice. She's really trying to like get him to smile. Make and it fun. Like this it. is our fun wedding and if night. She's, yeah. Yeah. And if she acts normal, maybe he'll act normal. And if she acts over it, then he'll, hopefully he'll get yeah. over it. it and was, he's just it was, in like, he's in that effective. drone state of like drone shock. Like I'm not where I am actually. And like, even the way he opened the champagne, it wasn't like pop. It was like he did a slow, like, yeah, you know, that's always telling. And then she tries to, like, get busy with him and he can't get it up. And it's just a full blown disaster. This is never going to happen. Then we see Dana and Lara and Dana goes to no i think laura goes to apologize or dana goes to apologize one of them goes to apologize dana goes to, to laura's <laughs> i gotcha i gotcha laura who is it is at home with a very strange um statue or a sculpture i should say and um some sort of like book on planets it was just a little telling with her character. I was like, huh, okay. Dana knocks at the door. She's like, I'm really sorry. And Laura's like, you got to come out of the closet, basically. We got to start getting Dana, her out of the closet. Dana has uh, a line, uh, which is one of the first times I felt like, oh, here's a little insight into her character. She says, you make me happy and that's not a familiar feeling. She says that to her. Mm-hmm. 
And I thought, oh, okay. Well, because she like, never allows yourself. She never allows yourself. I know, this. but I know, but like we're saying, the reason why you know Dana was so snarky in the pilot and why she's so you know she's got such an attitude is because she's not happy inside. There's so much self-loathing homophobia with that from that awful exactly. agent that doesn't help with those terrible sunglasses. And her parents, don't forget, who we'll meet later. And those parents, but... Um, she's told to not love herself she, no. by everyone around her except her friends. Um, when we see Tim and Jenny, that, um, this is what I love about this Tim and Jenny scene. They're in bed. Clearly, she's had a shower. It's just one gigantic master shower. He shot. asked her to take one. Yes. And the whole scene just, it takes its time. Like you, like you see everything that he's going through and you see everything that she's going through. And, you know, she puts his, her hand down the sheets to like get him off. He's not feeling it, but it's the longest, uh, the longest shot again, in dead fucking silence. Credit to Dan and Rose for trusting that would be effective. And it says everything Can about I say where something? they are and who they are and to each other in this you, scene. You know what I'm realizing about you? Because you say, you comment on these. I mean, I like it when it happens a lot. What quiet, slow scene. I can enjoy it. But I don't want it all the time. You have, you're very, very attracted to scenes where nobody talks and camera shots are slow and not a lot happens. You love it when people take their time and don't say much. Not Have you noticed story. that about yourself? No, I yeah, do. You I like always that, go like, the they didn't say anything. The, it was, they yeah. took their time. It's your, yeah. I think you're drawn to things like that. It's just a taste thing. I see it as something that can be highly melodramatic. And I appreciate when the filmmakers decide not to embellish on that and to do the opposite. I think, and the show is, let's face it, incredibly melodramatic. So when someone's not, so when the director's not like, yeah, let's go for that high octane melodrama. Let's like bring this down and keep it real. That's where I'm like, I get, I, I, I I'm, I'm attracted to that because okay, it's sort of going if against the, whole the show grain. Was like that, if the whole show no, was like that, deadly. it would be like, yeah. No, 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 no. So no. I think definitely, what's great definitely. about this show so far is that it's a, it's like a perfect mix because you'll get a slap across the face and a table flip just when you need it. But then you'll I get don't want to see a scenes. slow drawn out scene with you or with Dana or with me I don't either necessarily, but for Tim and Jenny with someone so complicated like Jenny. There's so much underneath the surface. Yeah, I think that's far more effective than just having a bunch of fucking dialogue to, to, for exposition because I'm not smart enough to know this myself. Right. You no, I, I mean? like it. I'm, I, that was not a judgment, by the way. It was an observation. Oh, I know. No, but you're right. I do like the quiet things. Um, so then she wakes up. He, he rolls the note. She, she, in the ring, she wakes up, unrolls the note, and there's nothing on it, which I thought was great. It goes to, bet who goes to kit's house because she's seeking some sort of advice she goes to see her sister who's having a party i want to give i i want to say when bet shows up to kit's house and kit's having a party and she's talking to this guy in the kitchen how happy was that extra that he got to like hang out with pam greer and kiss her before she like she's out so he can have a conversation totally but you know it's like you know bet doesn't have anyone else who can truly understand you know what she's going through with her father. But what I loved so much about the scene was Bet came over and was like, can you believe this asshole? And Kit was looking at her like, he's like, yeah, 
I can actually. I, I can totally believe he's all an of asshole. It. My entire he's treated us like shit the entire time. So I'm sorry you're waking up to this right now, but I'm throwing a party. Don't come here and buzz kill my party. Yeah, and bet she still refuses to take her dad off this pedestal, even though her sister's basically like, I've seen this my whole life. You've been blind to it. And you've and you've also watched how he's treated me, Bet. And you know that hasn't been great. Exactly. So wake up. I loved it. The, what I love about Kit is that since she's been the odd man out her entire life, she sees everything from a bird's eye view. I really love that about her. And, I, and I'm really Yeah, she sees it all for what it really is. Yeah. And once again, she's always speaking truth to power. She does it later on when she sees her dad. Um, but a quality in Kit that I absolutely love. Um, oh, and Kit's name is Katie. Who knew? Why was her name just Katie? I forgot that too. I was like, that's a great, adorable thing to know about Kit. Where did Kit come from? Do we ever know where Kit came from? So then we go back to the honeymoon suite. Tim takes his ring off, rolls it up, a note inside the ring, leaves it on the bedside. Then we go back to Melvin's hotel. Guess who's at the door? Kit. AKA Katie. And what does she do? She protects her her, her teacher. She protects her sister and says, basically, I know how you've treated me my whole life, but don't do that to bet. Do you really want to lose us both? Do you really want to open the door 13 years from now and see her face too? Just like you're seeing mine. It was such a great scene. Truth to power. That's Kit's secret weapon. Truth to power. Because she's like, I have nothing to lose. Like, I've been estranged from you for what, 13, 14 years? I don't give a shit. I know you're an asshole, but bet doesn't. So treat her with kit gloves okay so then we're back in the car with tim he's by by himself and this is where the cold open comes into play for this episode he's speeding he gets pulled over guess who it is it's captain blowy i gotta say i didn't like this scene i thought this scene with sheriff blowjob was so heavy-handed it was ridiculous. It was. But Kate, that's what these cold opens are supposed to do. I know. But this one was absurd. Like he's caught speeding and he pulls him over and then he starts talking about, do you watch porn and this and like the gays? What the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, it was. I didn't Give get it. Can I tell you what not? I really didn't get? Can I tell you what I really didn't get? He, the, mm-hmm. the original guy was in 1976. This is 2003. Right. So right. I got a little like, wait, was he? I don't get it. I mean, did he not get uh, an, uh, like a promotion in those years since, or he was? What do you mean? He would have been so much older because he was like a grown oh, man in yeah. 1976. He would have been a really old guy, right. but he was the same I age. Felt- so I was, it took me out of it. I was like, huh? Right. I, the writing, the writing took me out of it. It was clunky. Um, okay. So we got basically thank God. he says homosexuals for- are dangerous. You should look out for oh. him and. Yeah, whatever, dude. Like, shut I up. Know. Like, that scene went yeah. on for far Give too long. Give me my long. ticket I like, and go. I get it. I was yeah, seriously. And then there's Mia, who um, she wakes up and she finds the uh, she finds Tim's ring with a little piece of paper inside of it, and she pulls it out, thinking there's going to be a little note, and there's nothing. And one thing I've noticed is that Mia, thus far in the season, is topless a lot. And you know what's interesting? It never feels gratuitous. No, she's ever. just being Jenny. She's just being Jenny. Um, anyway, I thought that was a smart choice. It's like she's so vulnerable and so incredibly stranded because she's I up like in Tahoe the with no way to get home. 
Well, and we know it's far. I like the choice that uh, they didn't have anything on the note. Because what's Tim going to say? Nothing. On a, on a post-it. There's too much to say. So here's your blank note. You know what it means. And there exactly. we have it, everybody. Episode five slash six. Lawless. Next week we do uh, episode seven slash eight. And we're very excited. We're having so much fun. We make cozy little dinners. You come over. I have my I finished your candy. I finished my candy at your house. That was a bummer. I, I know I, you I, really did. You looked over. You're like, I finished it. Finally, I finished it. So now I have to like get. Do they know I about to your go candy, to the candy store? Alicia, for Alicia's birthday, someone gave her this gigantic bag of like candies, like Swedish fish and hot tamales and little sour watermelon things. And I have a sweet tooth and Jelly Alicia beans. doesn't eat it. Alicia, Alicia's girlfriend doesn't really touch it. So it's like become my stash. And when I come over there, that's a, that's where I immediately go to is the it's stash. It's candy cupboard. jar. Exactly. And so every time I'm there, you know, I, I try to be smart about it and not take so much. So it's a treat for me every time. But, let, but also, whatever, Kate, also, I've on. gotten you candy outside of getting it. That myself, like I've gone, like I've always stocked yeah, you, your lollipops in the summer. You have you a do. whole jar of lollipops. It's true. It's true. So, but I have, I have a real thing for Swedish you. fish and, and, and hot tamales and they're t- huge, huge plastic bags. And this past Friday, I managed gone. to polish both of them off. The fuck am I going to do now? We're going to have to Can you get some? go shopping. Well, when you go food shopping, would you grab a bag? I don't know if it's at a regular, I think I'm going to have to go to a specialty candy place. No, no, no. I I don't don't want you to do that. No, no, no. Yes, you do. Okay, everybody. We'll see you uh, Fridays. I'll see you Friday and everybody else. We'll see you next Wednesday. That's right. Have a great week, everyone. It's been another episode of Pants. Thank you for listening to Pants, a podcast brought to you by Kate Menig and me, Alicia Haley. Produced by Melissa DeMonts. Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow Pants on Instagram at The Pants Pod. Theme song by Carolina Para of the band CSS. Graphics are by Love Fox. 